Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. We are coming at you live from my wife's vanity in my bedroom for the NBA preview, which is just a couple of days away. So if we're going to talk hoops, I got to bring on all of my hoops honchos. First up, he is surrounded by the people that he loves. We're talking Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, Chris Paul in the background. It's Mike Choi. How are you, Mike? Joey, the WNBA is back. Wait a minute, that, that's another pod. Sorry, sorry. We're, you're rusty, it's okay. We all told, we're, we're all stretching. We're in our 30s. We have to stretch before we get really warmed up. Coming up next, he's currently using his brand new bidet with a huge smile on his face. It's Aaron Hagel. What's up, buddy? Hi, Joey. Look at you, clean as a whistle, my friend. Welcome did back you, to the pod. Did you get a bidet? Thanks. <laughs> did. Look no, someday. That's on my wish list. Someday the bidet. Never too early to start writing letters to Santa. And finally, joining us back in the pod, it's been a little while. It's hard to see him because he's floating on his waterbed right now. It's beautiful. He's got a banana sundae in his lap. It is BCK, Brian Culver Kennedy. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I feel like I'm at the beach. I love it. (laughs) All I just need is that that sweet, sweet sunshine. Oh, wait a second. There's a hole in my room. Here we go. (laughs) Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. You know, the NBA is coming up in just a couple of days. Tip off July 30th. It's been a long summer. You know, this is one of the few sports where we had an actual season that was interrupted midway through. And now we're going to be playing, just for those trying to catch up, we're going to be playing an eight-game season, then launch straight into the playoffs. You know, there's a lot of interesting scenarios going on, not just in terms of seeds on the top, but in the bottom, they do have a play-in scenario. So I'm just going to kind of walk everyone through that real quick just so we have that on the board so we can get the conversation going. Basically, the way that it works is the eight seed right now is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Orlando Magic in the East. There are teams trying to catch them. If those teams are four or fewer games away from them by the time this eight-game schedule is over, they will do a play-in to see who gets that magical eighth seed and gets into the playoffs. Should be really interesting. That's when teams like the Pelicans and the Blazers, they can possibly sneak in there. Can Memphis with their young team and John Morant stay on, hang in there? And we also have this bubble situation, this court, the huge big screen, flat screens, cameras everywhere, a totally different way of viewing the game. There's a lot going on, a lot to unpack. We're going to start with Mike Choi first. Just tell me in general, man, whatever, whatever your heart tells you, what are you most excited about for this reboot of the NBA season? Well, Joey, I'm very uh, – obviously there's so many dark horses. There's so many questions going into this bubble. But, you know, it, it, it does lend itself to be – an exciting uh, scenario, right? We've got 22 teams who've been quarantined away for the last two weeks in Orlando. Um, yeah, you know, the, the whole, the new, the new scheme for the games with, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. You want to call it like the all-star game meets a video game meets summer league. I mean, so it's, yeah, there's so many different factors that are going into this that, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm just curious to see how this all plays out. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will reserve judgment until we get to uh, July 30th when those first games start. That's definitely what's interesting about sports right now is it isn't so much about who we think is going to be good and great and who we think is going to be suck and terrible. It's just the mystery box. It's the unknown of just getting the sports back, getting the guys back on the court. And then it sort of feels like a 50, 50 situation. BCK, I want to ask you, man, you know, handicap the bulls for me real quick. Um, you know, how do you think they're going to do in this tournament? You know, if they would have taken 11 teams from each, from East and West, we'd, we'd <laughs> fucking be there, man. And it would be, a, you know, just a hideous display of, 
of, of <laughs> sports, but it would be so awesome. It'd be so awesome. I, 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 yeah, I'm a little sad, but uh, we, we, we will forge ahead and, and wait next year to see our, our, our little bullies come back. Yeah, uh, Hagel, I want to ask you, um, obviously, you have no bulls in this tournament, but there's got to be a few things that you're keeping an eye on. What are you excited about? Are you excited about, you know, what the presentation of the basketball games are going to look like? Are you, lo- are you looking forward to the games themselves? You know, or what's, what's on your menu right now? Yeah, well, um, it's weird, man. I, I don't know. I feel a little weird about the, uh, the restart. Like, as you guys know, I'm an NBA junkie. I love the NBA more than anything. And, you know, normally I'm like super pumped and I'm like, I don't know, cautiously optimistic or something. I don't know. I think because the last basketball game I watched, I was at work uh, at the restaurant and I was watching the Thunder Jazz game when it got suspended. And that was one of the creepiest, most eerie feelings I've ever had watching sports. So that was like my last feeling about watching basketball. So I don't know if that's carried over or whatever. Um... But doing research for today, I am starting to get a little bit more pumped up. And I think me, the thing I'm most excited about are basketball games during the day, during the weekdays, which is going to be awesome. So it's going to be almost like summer league where there's games going on, but it's going to be longer than two weeks, and these guys will actually be uh, good players. Yeah, the, the dream has actually come true for Hoops fans, where it is literally going to be on for, I think, probably 10 to 12 hours a day. And that is the interesting question, right? And, Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, which way are you leaning on this one? Do you think that they're going to come back, you know, maybe a little rusty, kind of feel a feel-out process? Do you think that this bubble situation might kind of take the competitive juices down 10 to 15%? Or do you think, you know, they're going to come back and by the second quarter it's going to look just like any old NBA game? Well, I think of all the major sports, the, the sport that probably is most adept to making this uh, change is NBA basketball, right? These guys – you know, whether it is summer league for the younger guys or whether it is just summer ball playing pickup games, right? This, this environment is something that, that they're, they're fairly familiar with. So I think if anybody was going to make that change um, and, and, and kind of flourish in this new environment, I mean, we'll all see how it plays out. I think it's the NBA. Um, by the way, I, I think the Bulls would actually, had they been invited, done pretty well. Because I don't know if you guys have seen the Nets and the Wizards rosters these days. I mean, it's literally a G league team. So if there was a team to kind of make a push, I mean, the bulls could have been, you know, they might've had a chance, although they kind of, depending on how you look at it, might have a G league roster themselves, but um, yeah, let's, 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 let's be honest here. The whole reason there are 22 teams in the bubble, it's to potentially get Zion Williamson in the playoffs. That's the only reason they're having this four game gap of like, Hey, if you're within four games, you know, you can get a chance to play into the playoffs. It's getting Zion, hopefully the future, rightfully so, of the NBA into these playoffs. Otherwise, in my opinion, it should have just been the top eight teams in each league. Get the 16-team team. Because, you know, here's the thing. We have so many variables because of COVID. It's like get the fewest amount of players in, the teams that deserve to be there. But, you know, we want to get Zion in. And because we wanted to get Zion in, that kind of had a reciprocal effect of getting Phoenix invited, getting San Antonio, getting Sacramento, because their records are fairly comparable as well. So um, go Zion. Yeah, my eyebrows kind of cricked up a little bit when I saw 22 teams in that list a little bit. I thought that was a lot. But, again, you know, one of the best news I think that we've gotten out of any of these, you know, sport reboot situations is that the NBA declared that out of their 346 players, they have zero positive tests right now, which is just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic signal moving forward into actual games. And in terms of the Nets and Wizards, yeah, I had um, – I have these different tiers of all these different teams, and the tier – that the Nets, Wizards, Spurs, Kings, and Suns are in is the uh, 
what exactly is it that you do here? Um, <laughs> that is the tier that I have those guys in. Not really quite sure why they're playing these games. I mean, I know you need some warm bodies to uh, be able to bump against and pick up some wins, especially for these teams that are maybe the ones that they're trying to eye and get into the playoffs. BCK, I want to ask you a question. This is kind of from a fan's perspective, and I want to hear from all you guys, honestly, because you guys have all done it. You guys have all been to Summer League. You guys have all gone to Vegas. You've done it for a couple of years. So, BCK, from a fan's perspective, if you can kind of give the fans some advice of how to, you know, make it through, you know, a basketball day that starts at 12 and ends at 10, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> tell me about, you know, is there a meal prep? Is there a pace prep? Is there a nap prep? Are there any sort of uh, – Inside tips you can maybe give the uh, the casual fan who's about to watch 12 to 14 hours of basketball a day. How do you keep a significant other during that time? <laughs> that that last question is actually yeah very important. And, <laughs> That's and gonna the be the toughest one, to one for us all. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, first of all, I just want to say summer league is just the best like week of the year for me. Uh, we've gone a few times now. It, it's always such a blast, and it was truly like just truly sad that we couldn't be there this year. Uh, I look forward to it literally the, from the day it's over to, to the next year. Um, it's such a blast. I think it's going to be a little different at home experiencing this sort of quote-unquote summer league situation because there's no Vegas. So there's like, there's that, even though you watch games all day, take little breaks to eat, uh, you know, uh, I mean, concessions, you, you just go, I can just eat hot dogs and fucking drink Coke and shit. <laughs> and then, and then at the end, and then the end of, end of that whole day, you go out and, and, gambling shit all night long and somehow you still have it in you to do it again the next day and for the next four days because of that like you know mm, that vegas vibe so that's going to be tough I'm, I'm pumped uh i'm sort of happy that i'm a little sick right now because that means i can stay home and watch basketball uh it's all i've been wanting to do for months i i I'm so, can't explain how fucking excited i am just to watch basketball so you're saying recreate your apartment into a vegas like setting yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> close the all the windows the yeah. smoke smoke so many cigarettes just make it gross <laughs> in there yeah all of a sudden all of a sudden you're allowed to smoke cigarettes in your apartment because it's vegas baby um higgs <laughs> uh, hop in i want to hear some some inside tips here you know we're going to be watching hoops about 12 to 14 hours a day you know how do you treat your body right how do you hydrate um uh, you know any any tips that you can give to the fans out there uh, yeah, well, I was just going to say real quick with the uh, Summer League, you know, I've, been, I've gone two years in a row. Obviously, the summer couldn't do it, but BCK is the one that got me to come out. He's the OG for Summer League. He showed me what to do, how it all works, and he's right, man. It is so fun, and each of the years we've gone, and even from when he went, it's just gotten more and more people there. Um, but it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's basketball all day, all night. Uh, you can't drink too early. Or if you can, you got to sit by your drink for a while because you're going to be there. You're going to be at the stadium for a good eight hours. Luckily, we're at home, so I guess you could probably drink a little bit more, more bathroom breaks. And you got food at home. You're not going to eat some, you know, shitty pretzel at the stadium or something to hold yourself over to go drinking after the games you're done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do, do what makes you happy. Yeah, short bathroom lines, always a plus in the apartment as opposed to Vegas. Choi, hop in. 
Well, this is what's crazy, guys. We actually were at Summer League this year. That's how long the extended years happened because we actually were at the beginning of this season at Summer League. Um, Aaron, I don't know if you remember, but just as a walk down memory lane, we were actually, we actually went to one of the first ever Summer Leagues that, remember, they used to have it in Southern California. So we went down to Long Beach. Remember at uh, Long Beach State University, it was the Eddie Curry. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that was. That was like 15 years ago. So we were kind of the forefathers of attending summer league. Um, but for me, I actually think it'll be, probably be a little bit more enjoyable watching it from home. Cause especially BCK and Aaron, who are tall dudes can attest to man, when you're sitting in those seats in that stadium, it, it gets a little rough on your ass after, you know, the second game. So I think being able to lounge in your couch or your recliner, it's actually be a little bit more enjoyable to, uh, to enjoy those games. Cause I know like come, come the end of the, uh, a session, your, your body's kind of sore from like sitting in those chairs all day. BCK hop in. Do we know, I know this probably isn't the biggest thing in the world still, but do we know, uh, can, are any of these games to be broadcast in VR? Like, like a lot, like the NBA, some of the NBA games were before the season went crazy. Ooh, that's a great question. I have not heard that yet. Um, I mean, that could definitely be a possibility. So here's what I know, and they're kind of being really coy about it right now. I've heard that there's going to be over 30 cameras capturing basketball action um, simultaneously during this game. So, I mean, you know, get ready for a Tony Scott cut of, a, of an NBA <laughs> basketball game, right? I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get wild, and I truly think that we're going to be seeing basketball from angles that I think we've never seen before. And that's what's kind of really, really interesting for me. I also really love like the flat screens behind both of the baskets. And there's something about the confinement of it where it sort of almost feels like you're playing in some sort of blown out ESPN zone where, you know, there's it's, and, and, and there's going to have kind of a Vegas vibe to it, right? There's going to be like bells and whistles and lights and cameras everywhere. And, you know, there might not necessarily be fans, um, you know, in the stands or necessarily on the court, but I think there's going to be a lot of different eye candy to kind of look at. And I wouldn't put it past them doing something along those lines of, you know, maybe taking the way that they present the game or the way that they show highlights after the game to a new level. Uh, Mike, do you want to hop in? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the thing that kept striking me in watching these scrimmage games is, is uh, Joey and Aaron will know, because we, we planned this uh, NBA 2K little uh, tournament that Aaron is just dominating us. Oh, in. It's, it's just, not it's just little me. people are talking it's, about it's, it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> eating me alive that he's dominating. But, like, it's straight. These scrimmages, it looks like a video game. I kind of mentioned it earlier. It has a very video game-ish vibe because of the screens and the condensed environment. But, yeah, in the scrimmages, we have not even – they've been very vanilla because I think, to your point, Joey, with all these cameras, they've been kind of wanting to save it for when the actual games start. But, you know, they're doing the interactive fans up on the screens. And, and, and uh, you know, the thing that, that's crazy is I wonder how much more noise they'll pump into the, uh, the, the stadium because the one thing – I don't know if you guys noticed, but the one thing that was very striking to me and almost kind of cool was that – could really hear the sneakers you could really hear the ball pounding on the court you could really you could literally feel almost like the vibration on the court so I actually really enjoy that aspect so but yeah to your point Joey I think once the uh, game actual eight games start we're going to see an elevated level of telecast that we haven't yet seen in the uh, scrimmage games yeah there's a bit of a Friday night high school vibe to it right now especially with those uh, the sneakers that I like a whole lot Higgs hop in yeah I was thinking I don't know if they're going to do this I did read they're going to pump in like um crowd noise you know like you won't be able to like hear individuals kind of blend in but and i don't know if they're going to do this i thought it would be a cool idea if they could you know figure out the decibel level at each stadium so when the home team plays and maybe it's like you know it's a tight game and they're you know down two and like a defense starts like blasting i don't know if they're going to do that but i thought that'd be really cool to actually make it a home 
team advantage, you know, like because you would have the crowd on either side being super loud, the game was tight and everything. But I don't know how that would work exactly. But yeah, are the I Spurs be- are the Spurs going to cook it up to 104 degrees like they did against LeBron uh, three years ago in the finals? That'd be really nice. The other part that I really like too, as well, and I think uh, I think Brian uh, VCK, I think you're going to appreciate this. Is I love how the benches are set up a little bit, where they're like two or three different rows where it almost kind of sort of feels like you're in an acting class or you're in an improv class. <laughs> and so you've got the people in the front row and then sometimes you got people like kind of chilling in the back two other rows. And it's just like, it's not necessarily a peanut gallery situation, but there is kind of this really fun sort of ragtag uh, call and response to like, okay, well, it's your turn to do your scene now. Uh, so kind of out there got people just kind of scattered all over the place just kind of like losing their minds I'm, I'm actually uh, kind of enjoying the setup a whole lot right now it, I know uh, when I was watching some scrimmage game I noticed that one I mean you know just like we've all been saying there's so many weird little differences so you start picking all these things out and the, the crowd sounds I thought was great and yeah I noticed those those rows of seats and nothing like it's totally different than summer league but it just made me there's, there's something like the first few years that I went to summer league when, I don't know, before it started getting so fucking popular, you could really sit close and you could almost be on the floor. And, and like Choi, like you said, like, honestly, hearing the, the shoe squeaks and the ball, like, I didn't think about it until you said it, it makes it so different and just so much more like you're a, a part of it, sort of. I'm very, very excited for that. The only shame is that it's coming so late that we can't have this now. And Carlos Boozer, uh, we can't hear him scream uh, that he's getting fouled. Uh, <laughs> Boozer. <laughs> and every, and every other possession. That's the stuff that that's the stuff that we're gonna miss, you guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, like from just on the court stuff, I mean, I think the the presentation of it, I think, is actually pretty cool. And I think that there's a possibility that you know I'm not gonna be the guy that's gonna be like I prefer it this way. Um, this is definitely one of those interesting sort of substitute type situations. But in that case, I think that they're doing a pretty cool job. And I think the presentation is going to be nice. And I'm really looking forward to the angles too as well. Higgs, hop back in. Yeah, well, it's, you know, <clears throat> in weird times like this, almost in any industry, you have to start thinking outside of the box. And that's no different with all these sports organizations, you know. And so it's forcing the NBA, MLB, whoever, NFL, to present the game in a different way. And it's ultimately going to be a, better viewing experience for the fan even when you know next year hopefully when it's back to normal so to speak you can go to the stadium and watch a game they'll take at least some of these elements bring that to the live game and also the presentation uh, you know for tv when you're viewing it as well so it's it's you know it's a bad thing but there's something good that does come out of this yeah i'm really excited i mean it, it stinks that demarcus cousins has opted out too as well because he'd be the first guy that would chuck a basketball against that plexiglass and pick up a tap. <laughs> <laughs> kind of bummed on that but we still got like Patrick Beverly's we still got a lot of guys that'll be able to do that I'm really interested to see what the, how they utilize that plexiglass for ricochet uh, type purposes but uh, let's dive in a little bit to the teams and look like you know let's do a full disclosure here right now you know a lot of people don't know exactly what to expect per team when they return to the court you know, we've got the cream of the crop on the top, and then there's a lot of teams that are going to come back. You know, some of their guys, you know, the chemistry fits might not exactly be there. Some of them might not play well. Some of them might not shoot well. So I'm going to present this question to you like this. Who is the team that you are rooting for in this particular scenario? So let's go first. We're going to the tier called the Bubble Boys. Um, you know, technically it's the Magic, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and the Blazers. 
get the magic out of there because let's be honest, I don't think anyone's going to be rooting for them. <laughs> so I want to go around, go around the horn a little bit and just ask you guys, between the Blazers, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans, all fighting for that eight spot, who are you rooting for in this scenario? We can open it up first. We'll go with Choi first if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, for me, it is 100% Portland. You know, it's Dame Lillard all day. Um, I, he's actually, I mean, the Portland's actually kind of my dark horse to potentially win it all if you want to go for dark horses that uh, could, you know, kind of uh, make that run if they get into the playoffs, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, here's a couple of things. You have Dame right now, top 10 player in the league. Anytime you have a top 10 player in the league, you have a good chance, especially in this condensed format. But they're getting their team back. Zach Collins is coming back. You know, uh, Nurkic is coming back. We even have reports of a skinny Carmelo Anthony. I mean, if Carmelo Anthony can decide that, like, hey, I want to play basketball for two months and kind of get to even, let's say, 50% of what we know of Carmelo, oh, my God. So, you know, I think Portland has all the pieces returning to make that run. Um, the only question, obviously, is with all these guys coming back, how much or not are they going to gel in this condensed time? And, uh, you know, but, yeah, yeah, for me, Portland by far and away. A lot of pieces, huge disappointment this season, right? I mean, obviously, they were a top-five seed in the West last year, and then they weren't even in the playoff picture as they begin playing a couple of days. But I, I, I'm going to agree with you. You know, Nurkic has looked good in inner squad so far, so they got a little bit of their size back. You know, they still have Whiteside down there combined with Zach Collins. You know, Skinny Mellow, we'll see what happens. Sounds like a delicious cocktail. We'll see if it works out <laughs> on the court. But I'm with you that uh, Dame Lillard, in a playoff game is perhaps one of the most must watch basketball players you can ask for. The dude is unbelievable. He can drop 50. He can get game winning shots from anywhere on the court. Uh, I think one of the best stewards of the game right now, not just in terms of on the court, but what he's been doing off the court recently. And I think literally this playing situation is built out for players like him. So the Blazers is a pretty good choice. Uh, BCK, who are you rooting for in this scenario? Are you going Blazers? You think in a different direction. Uh, I mean, I'm on board with, with playoff Dame all day. It's, he's just too fucking fun to watch. You just want to see it so bad. And I love Nurkic. I, I re just before we, we started recording this, I saw that he, he was back, which is, just pumps me up. Um, the only other thing is I, I do love Zion, and I want to watch him play basketball, dude. Like, if I have to pick right now one of those three, give me the Pels all day, dude. Honestly, and then I like that. I like there's not even just Zion. I, I, I love Drew and, and I like Josh Hart, JJ. I love JJ, my boy, JJ. They're just a fun, it's just be a fun team to watch. Yeah. But they fuck got Ingr Memphis. Yeah. Ingram. Bo yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with Memphis is you've got John Morant, right? And I love John Morant, but the one thing that pisses me off the most about house of highlights is they keep showing all of John Morant's almost dunks. <laughs> And they go like, can you imagine if John Morant made this dunk? It's like, well, yeah, I can, but he didn't. So kind of move on. And they're in that spot right now. So I guess, you know, it's easier to sort of root for that underdog to maybe like, I'll come up and sneak it and snatch it away than perhaps a team that already has it. Hags, I'd love to hear from you. You know, uh, it sounds like BCK is leaning towards Pelicans. Troy wants Blazers. Uh, you can pick one of those two, or do you think the Grizzlies are going to hold on? Um, no, I'm going to agree with, with, with Choi and, and you. I, that's what I had as well, Portland. Um, I, everything you guys said is spot on. Like, playoff game is super fun to watch. He's now been announced as the NBA 2K21 cover athlete, which is uh, long overdue. So I think um, he's just too good, man. Like you guys said, Nurkic is back. Zach Collins is back. You got Carmelo. Uh, that doesn't mean, though, that – 
I'm not pumped to see the Pelicans, and I'm not pumped to see the Grizzlies. I'm actually a Grizzlies fan. I'm a huge Jaron Jackson Jr. fan. When they drafted him, I was like, this guy's going to be a stud. And I'm usually wrong about rookies, but he has been a stud. I've had him on my fantasy team the past two years. This guy's huge, man. He's like, what, 6'10", 6'11". This guy hits three-pointers. He's got a goofy shot. Goofy. But at one point, he was averaging like three threes a game. On top of being like a double-double, he's a good passer, good free throw percentage, all that. So anyway, huge Jerry Jackson Jr. fan. Brandon Clark, uh, another rookie. Was he a rookie or is he a second year? I can't remember. But Brandon Clark's a stud. They got Valanciunas, who's good down low. Um, and John, ja, man, like, I don't know. He's fun to watch. He's super fun to watch. And the, 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 besides Clippers-Lakers opening night, the game I'm most pumped about is I think it's this Sunday or Monday. It's Grizzlies-Pelicans. And that's going to be super awesome. And I'm really pumped to see those two teams battle it out for the next five years. To me, they're the best two young up-and-coming teams, even though the Pelicans have more experience. Yeah, no matter what in those matchups, all three of those have really interesting point guard matchups for sure. Choi, hop back in. Um, since we've kind of mentioned both of them, uh, and this is a slight tangent, but the, the one unfortunate thing about the shutdown was that we kind of forget the accomplishments that happened in those first 65-ish games for all these teams. So, like, can we just say right now, or at least let's hear your guys' take, John Morant is rookie of the year by far. It, it just kind of sucks that in this restart, Zion has kind of crept back into the conversation. Zion, again, you guys know that I'm not the biggest Zion fan, but let's just face it. He what? played 19 <laughs> games this year. You got, From what, I mean, again, this is, rookie of the year isn't about what you're going to do next year or the next five years. It's about what you did this year. John Morant destroys Zion in terms of, uh, rookie performance and you know it's kind of the same thing with like you know I feel bad for Giannis because we forget or at least not we but it seems like the greater public forgets that like you know how dominating you know Giannis was and the, the fact that once again that LeBron is creeping back into the MVP conversation because we we've kind of lost sight of what's happened in that those first 65 games is once again kind of a shame but right I mean are you guys you Ja rookie for sure Pegs happen for sure yeah well, what I was going to say is that um I don't know. I, I think job ja makes the Grizzlies exponentially better. He's completely elevated that whole team. They're all rallying around him. They love the fact that this guy is like a skinny point guard who's willing to take it to the rack. He's like a taller Iverson in my mind. And not that Zion does make the Pelicans better. He definitely does. But I feel like he doesn't elevate them to the place that Ja elevates the Grizzlies. Yeah, BCK, uh, John Morant versus Zion. I mean, are you, uh, where, where do you stand on that? Just in terms of rookie of the year this year. Right, right. And don't forget Kobe. You know, don't forget Kobe White. <laughs> also, <laughs> also in the running. Um, he got hot listen. those last five games. Those five <laughs> games go a long way. <laughs> I, you know, I, listen, if Zion yeah, played a little more, uh, if Zion and Ja played the same amount of games and, and, uh, we're, and we're at the same place, you know, we might be saying something else, but Ja for sure. I mean, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's an argument. If 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 there was a little more evidence, uh, like Choi said, if if Zion played more than however fucking many games he played, you know, he might be blowing our minds. He is blowing my mind, right, Choi? But but <laughs> but for sure, Ja. I mean, yeah. I, my my two cents on it is Ja a hundred percent earns that distinction to be rookie of the year. He's brought his team to the playoffs. They're in that conversation as we speak right now. He's played the most games. He's led his team. And honestly, he's been the dude that like he's had like a Dwayne Wade like ascendance from a dude halfway through his his final college season. No one kind of really knew who he was. By the end of the tournament, everyone knew who he was. 
He gets drafted, and now he is the centerpiece, the franchise face of the Memphis Grizzlies. But I will say just real quick, because y'all know I love me some Zion. I mean, the thing about Zion is, you know, he's not the rookie of the year, right? But immediately, you know, not only is he averaging like 23.6 points a game and his like his purr is out of control, but, you know, what, how long did it take? Six games before the entire team knew that he was the best player on the team? I mean, we, we keep trying to pick apart what can't he do, what can't he be amazing at, his weight this, his knees that, his shooting, all this other kinds of stuff. But guess what? Like after five or six games, I think everyone on the Pelicans knows who the best dude on the team is, and it's Zion. Higgs, I'd love to have you hop back in. Yeah, I mean, with all that being said about how awesome Zion is, it would have been really sweet to see a full season of Zion versus Zion, you know? So, yeah, Zion should be the rookie of the year, but it's also not Zion's fault he got hurt. It just sucks that he got hurt. But uh, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of him lately, but everyone's been saying since he was, a, you know, his first year at Duke, wait till this guy becomes a pro, starts dropping weight and gets chiseled because he's already starting to look chiseled. And it's awesome slash terrifying. This guy is like the Terminator, man. Like, it's insane. Like, it is, he's, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be fun to watch these guys for years for sure. Yeah, Zion versus Luis Robert in a fight right now. Uh, I don't know who I, I honestly, I don't really know who I'm taking. And that's, and that's kind of what's really fun about this playing situation, though, is because we keep talking about the Blazers. And I'm right with you. I would probably pick those out of the three teams to probably make it because I love playoff Dame. But let's be honest, if it came down to Grizzlies versus Pelicans, that would be just as juicy of a matchup. And that would be probably just as much fun to watch, watch Drew Holiday, you know, go up against Ja, watch Jackson versus Zion, and, and, and that, and see if the two, the two young teams can go at it. Hey, hop in. You know what's not juicy is the fight for the eighth spot in the East. <laughs> no, no, wait. They're, they're, <laughs> the opposite of juicy. That? Right. It's just awful. The opposite of juicy. I love it. I mean, what's the point? I mean, okay, Brooklyn doesn't have Kyrie. They don't have Durant. No. They already threw the towel in this this year anyway, so it's really dumb they're even in it. Wizards, no, no chance of making it without John Wall. Uh, Thiel's out, Baton's out. I am actually pretty excited about the Magic. Um, I'm a huge, huge Jonathan Isaac fan, and I drafted him this year, and he was tearing it up. I think he was averaging almost two blocks a game, and then he, he blew out his knee or something, I think, like in early January. Um and they didn't think he was going to come back for the shortened season at all, but he is coming back, and I guess he's looked pretty good. Um, and with Markel Fultz, I like Aaron Gordon. I like the, I like the Magic. I don't like, love the Magic, but I don't think they're going to do too much in the playoffs, but I am, I'm actually pretty excited to see Jonathan Isaac come back. I guess the part that, that's killing the buzz on the East is that whoever, you know, if it is the Magic, it's going to be a sacrificial lamb to the Bucks. Right? Yeah. You know, who, no matter who that Blazers Grizzly Pelican situation is, you at least can wrap your head around maybe them stealing a game from the Lakers, maybe taking them to overtime a time or two, kind of making it a little bit of a feisty series. But man, holy shit! Like Bucks versus Magic is going to be—it's going to be just a tough. It's going to be a tough road. Choi, Choi, hop in. And again, this is the Zion Williamson effect, right? Because like you can't say you're going to have playing teams going in the West if you can't do it if you're not giving a team in the East a chance to plan for that A spot. So it's like, yeah, I mean, Washington. Oh my, like it, it yeah, it, it's disgusting. Like that they even have an opportunity to potentially play it. And the thing is, like in terms of Vegas odds, it's like I, I think it's one and a half is the over under for wins. So let's say even if they get close to that. They they're still they still don't get into the play-in range. So, again, 
it's the Zion Williams effect that there are 22 teams, much less the Washington Wizards, giving an opportunity to play in for the playoffs. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about the scrubs. Let's move into the middle tier and, you know, talk about maybe some dark horse teams that we think can maybe scare some, some contenders and maybe get a little bit deeper into the playoffs here. But first, let's do a quick break because we got to talk about our week's sponsor. And this week, it is Simply Safe. And the question that Simply Safe asks you is, what is the number one sign of a bad home security system? Well, it's a home security system that is so complicated, you never even use it. And that's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. So Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your home 24-7. You order online and then you open the box. You place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It is that simple. That's Simply Safe. Head to simplysafe.com backslash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's right, simplysafe.com backslash team for free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It feels good to fear less. We're heading back to the pod right now. We just talked about some of the teams trying to get into that situation where they could possibly get into the playoffs with an eight seed. Now we want to start talking about some teams that are already in. Teams that might be aren't necessarily vying for a championship, or are they? Um, this is called the participation trophies. These are the guys that are just in it for right now. You know, not a lot of people have them in Vegas going very far, but could they? I got this list down as the Jazz, the Nuggets, the 76ers, the Heat. The Mavericks, the Thunder, the Pacers. So that's kind of a big list right there. So we can kind of go around a little bit. You know, there are a couple of teams that are a bit intriguing for me. And some teams that I just don't think are going to go very far. I can kind of kick it off right now as you think about your list uh, for around the horn here. You know, just the Utah Jazz situation. Let's sort of start there. A lot of pieces, a lot of talent on the team. But again, you know, they're, they're, it's just a situation that I just don't like. They sort of seem like a team that should just be happy to be back on the court, maybe play off the string. The Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, off the court, on the court chemistry thing is a real deal. You know, Donovan Mitchell, excellent player, right? You know, the question for him really is he's going to be able to take those steps forward in the next couple of years where I think he wants to be the man. He tries to be the man, but he doesn't exactly execute like the man at this point. And, you know, if they're kind of short in that go-to scorer area, you know, the chemistry on the court with Rudy Gobert isn't super great. Mike Conley, the signing hasn't been awesome, you know, from bringing him off the bench. I don't really like that collection right now. That's just going to magically just come together and begin playing um, elite basketball and getting really deep in the playoffs. So I don't like them a whole lot. Higgs, I want to go uh, out to you. We're going to go to you first. You know, I mentioned the Jazz. We got Nuggets, 76ers, Heat, Mavericks, Thunder, Pacers, out of that collection of teams, who do you kind of like and who could kind of sneakily surprise uh, some teams in the playoffs? Real quick, do you have Philly in there? Because Philly and the Pacers are in the same record. Yeah, yeah, 76ers. Yeah, yeah. Nuggets, oh, 76ers, Heat, Sorry, I missed Mavericks, that. Thunder, Pacers. Yeah, my team out of that group 76ers. Um, they have a good squad. They didn't play great away from home this year. They played great at home. They, they sucked away, but now with – Really no home court advantage. I think it's going to be a kind of a moot point. Uh, ben Simmons, uh, you know, still can't shoot. But that guy's a triple-double threat every night. He's a great defender. Embiid is a stud when he's healthy. Tobias Harris, uh, like Josh Richardson. And I don't know any team that would want to play these guys in the first round. And as it is right now, it would be Boston. Can Boston beat them? Sure. Is it going to be easy? Hell no. Uh, and can, and they beat them, three, can they beat them without Kemba? Because Kemba right now is still a bit of a 50-50 in terms of how his knee is in terms of where the season's going to start. 
Yeah, and the thing, too, is the 76ers are going to have another year of playoff experience under their belt. And I think out of all those teams in the East, I think they have the best chance of upsetting teams and moving further into the playoffs. Make it to the championship, I don't think they're going to beat the Bucs, but I think they could beat them in the finals in the East. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a team that, you know, every single year continues to, you know, not only add talent and try and go for it, but also the expectations get raised a little bit. Yeah, the home road splits was super weird this year, and you would like to think that that won't really transfer over and onto a neutral site. Now, Embiid's already dealing with the calf issue. You know, is he in shape? What's his cardio going to be like after he's taken some time, and how long will it take for him to ramp up? That's definitely a question mark. But you're right. Like, that team has pieces that when you put them on paper and when you look at the matchups between some of the top teams in the East, you're like, oh, okay, the 76ers kind of got that spot covered. Oh, they got that spot covered. They got that spot covered. So they're definitely a team that can at the very least compete and, you know, possibly make some noise in the East. Uh, BCK, I want to go to you next. You know, Jazz Nuggets, 76ers, Heat, Mavericks, Thunder, Pacers. Who are you looking at on that list that, A, is going to be super fun to watch, and B, maybe could surprise some people in this truncated uh, uh, schedule? Uh, On the point of the Sixers, I – I love, I've loved them for, for a few years now, and they are so damn good when, when things are going right. The, Joel is just always so damn – you just don't know when that dude's going to play, and now we're going into this with an injury already. If he's not – they got a great squad, but if he's not there, it's not happening, and it sounds like, you know, could be likely that he misses, misses some games. Um, aside from that, I like Indiana a lot, but again, if they don't have DeMontis, and, and I think he's questionable right now, or he's – I think he's got a knee thing or something. They don't have DeMontis, different story, but Oladipo's a stud. They st- Miles Turner's a stud. TJ Warren scores like crazy. Like, I, I would like to see them come up and, and make a splash. Yeah, and, and what's, uh, you know, Oladipo opted out at first, and then he started scrimmaging with the team, and now they're Wavering. possibly thinking about yeah, giving him some minutes. And, you know, they, you know, and yeah, DeMontis DeMont, DeMont Sabonis right now is kind of sort of up in the air in terms of yeah. – whether he's going to be able to play at all. He doesn't look like he's going to be able to start with the team. But, yeah, they got some pieces, right? Like, especially if they're on the court together. You know, and, man, you know, Oladipo was so good two years ago. What would he be like after an injury? If we got the Oladipo that we knew of, you know, the Olympian Oladipo, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, man, like that's an upset waiting to happen. But there are definitely some question marks there. Troy, um, want to hear from you, you know, Jazz Nuggets 76ers, Heat Mavericks Thunder Pacers. Uh, you know, what team is kind of catching your eye on that list? I mean, you know, you guys have already mentioned it with Philly, obviously with, uh, you know, they probably benefited the most because they have uh, from, the, uh, the, from the break. Uh, Horford had time to recoup from his knee. You know, Ben Simmons had time to recoup from his back. Um, it is scary, though, that your potential franchise point guard is now being experimented with at power forward. So that's never good when your point guard is like, well, hey, maybe we'll shift him in power forward. So we'll see how that works. Um, Just a taste. Yeah, you know, uh, Indy could be fierce. I know Oladipo, he's probably leaning a little bit more towards playing now. But until he says whether or not I am in, because, yeah, his initial stance was I'm opting out, you know, that obviously he drastically changes the, the, uh, the future for Indiana, depending on if he plays or not. Um, the team for me that's, I mean, guys, uh, in, outside of the Lakers in Milwaukee, I think you can throw records out the window, right? Like we have so many variables. It's just like, hey, who can get hot in this short stretch? So if I'm going for a team that could get potentially hot and just run the table, 
um, I don't know if you mentioned them, but the Houston Rockets. So currently they're only the sixth team in the West. So they're even have lesser odds than you know, the Thunder or the Jazz. I actually have them as contenders. I put them, oh, in, the, I put them in the okay, contender okay. pool. So, dude, uh, you're, you're saying you're, uh, we're right in alignment completely. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know in, in an 82-game season how micro ball would play out. But, again, in a condensed season, when you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook who flourished once they turned over to Microball, I mean, how do you – you know, in a, in a league where they don't play defense anyways, I can't imagine that that's going to be any much more the case in this abbreviated season. These guys are going to just score at will. So, again, for me, I mean, I guess we can kind of lead that into who your contenders are. But for a team that's technically a mid-tier team currently – I mean, rockets all day. Higgs, hop back in. Yeah, no, no. <clears throat> Excuse me. I totally agree with Choi. And just looking at the standings in the West, you know, Clippers are right now in second place with 44 wins. The Mavericks, who are seventh, have 40 wins. So that's six teams all within four games of each other. So I just think that's going to be really cool to see how, how the jockey for position goes for seeding. Granted, it's not going to be as advantageous when you have a real home court advantage in your stadium. But it's just pretty crazy how many teams are within, you know, only four games of each other. So it'd be fun to watch how they all switch out. Yeah, every single team in this list, I think, is a is a worthy foe. You know what I mean? I think they all have uh, some elements there that can be uh, intriguing and perhaps challenging for some of the contender teams we'll get to in a second. You know, I'm not really that big of a fan of Miami. You know, it sort of seems like a bit of a Jimmy Butler or bust situation for me. The two teams, you know, that I'm actually kind of excited to watch are you know, the Mavericks, obviously, because Doncic, you know, Doncic in a fourth quarter of a playoff game, I, I, I just can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to see what that looks like. You know, him kind of dishing and driving, you know, the, some of the pieces around them, am I super confident that they're going to be able to come through? Maybe not necessarily, but, you know, he does such a great job of putting them in positions to succeed. And Higgs, you're going to love this one because this is, this is a 2K, this is a 2K special right here. The Thunder. Um, I, I think people are sort of sleeping just a little bit on the Thunder. You know, keep in mind now everything, you know, CP3, you know, that the team goes as far as CP3 goes. You know, he was a bit revitalized this season. Now he gets a short burst to play a ton of minutes. They don't need to manage him. They don't need to worry about hamstring injuries because the season's been going on for six or seven months. You know, he's at the controls. You know that he's going to make life a living hell for whoever he plays. You know, Sean Gilgis Alexander is definitely a rising star in this game. And then they've got interesting pieces like a Gallinari. Steven Adams is still in the middle. So any team with size, you know, especially team, teams like those Clippers, those Lakers teams that are vying to go to the finals, you know, they kind of sort of match up with them and play with them. I'm not saying that they're going to beat them, but they could be a dark horse situation and maybe even based on whatever their first round is going to be, you know, they could definitely put a scare into a team pretty quickly. And I think everyone in this group has some interesting elements, but kind of looking at those teams and being like, oh, this, they could surprise a little bit. Troy, hop in. Well, I have a question for you guys. Cause you know, Aaron mentioned it like perfectly. Like it's like this idea that home court, what does that mean anymore? Which kind of sucks for Milwaukee, right? They, they built this like impressively where they're potentially going to have home court throughout the playoffs. So question for you guys, like with this just neutral site, much less all the different factors, I could see it both ways. Like, does it, does it favor a veteran team, right? That, you know, they kind of weather all the uncertainty or does it favor a team that's just got young legs that can just run all day because it's like, Hey, let's just, let's just go to playground mentality. So like, who does this new environment 
benefit in your guys' opinion, if any, anyone? First blush, my thinking would be that coaching is going to have a lot to do with it. I think some of the coaching decisions might play out a little bit more, uh, might have a little bit more substance than maybe they would, you know, in a home road split. You're not going to be having any back-to-back situations too as well. So I think you're going to be able to play maybe some guys, you know, more minutes on a consistent game-to-game basis. But again, a lot for me too is at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to matchups, right? I mean, and how can you exploit those matchups on a particular team? You know, if a team plays with size, can you run them out of the building? You know, if a team is too small, can you kind of bang them up a little bit and try and find different ways to score? So I'm with you. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting case because of all the sports too, as well, you know, home field advantage is a big deal in the NBA. I mean, you know, the, the way that you make your mark and become a number one seed is typically by only losing two, maybe three games at home all season long. I mean, you know, that happens on the regular with a lot of NBA teams every single year. So I don't have a great answer for you, but that's just kind of my first blush instinct. Higgs, what do you think? For the young teams, the advantage for them without having that home, let's say for the visiting team, without that home court advantage, the crowd going nuts, the atmosphere, what's the pressure, the cameras, without all that, I think the younger teams will, would actually do better than the normal circumstance. The flip side of that is the veteran teams, because it's such a shortened season, and, the, and certain teams already know that they're going to be in the playoffs. At some point, the seeding's going to be locked up. But I think before that, they're going to rest a lot of these veterans because the most important thing over strategy and all that is health. And every team knows they need their veterans, their stars to be healthy, and they're not going to push them as much as they maybe would in the regular season. Because they already know they're going to be in the playoffs and the home court's not going to matter. So, anyway, that's what I think. Yeah, BCK, uh, neutral site, who do you think that – where does the advantage go on that? You know, I think we're all forgetting that it's not really neutral, all right? They're playing in Orlando. Fucking magic all the <laughs> way, dude. Every time they're on the court, they're going to just fucking slay. Magic all the way. Magic on the championship, dude. <laughs> Little did they know, they fell right into their trap. <laughs> it's been Orlando the whole time. <laughs> well, Joe, you brought up. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, Joe, I was go just ahead. saying, you, you brought up a great point. Maybe this is a truer indication of talent versus talent, because to your point, there's no the, the away teams don't have to worry about traveling to the away team. You don't have to worry about the home court environment, to your point. So it's like, maybe in a weird way, this is the truest test of, who on, you know, is the actual better basketball team in a given matchup. It also inoculates uh, one of the, the greatest um, fan cliche uh, scream shouts uh, at the TV about how the refs are giving the home team all the calls, <laughs> right, or whatever, yeah. like hometown whistle. Um, all that bullshit um, is pretty much out the window, right, because outside of maybe the color of their jerseys, we're really not going to know who's home or away. Uh, it doesn't matter really at all. And uh, to Hague's point, I, you know, you brought up a really good point too as well, where, you know, some of these teams that are, you know, fighting for position, some of these teams fighting to get into that eighth seed, you know, they're going to be going full bore for these eight games where, you know, you've got a Bucks, Lakers, Clippers situation where, you know, do you really need to play LeBron James more than 32 minutes a night for these eight games? You really don't, right? I mean, you, you got to keep him as fresh as you can. Granted, they're probably all really fresh, but, you know, you don't need to waste any bullets if you don't have to. So in that same sense, too, as well, that can be kind of interesting to see early on. And, you know, as things sort of move on, 
you know, I, I just think it's going to kind of come down to some coaching decisions and there's some bad coaches in this NBA for sure. And I think there's a lot of guys on the hot seat. And unfortunately, I think even though it is a truncated season, some of these coaches might be under a little bit more pressure than they think based on what happens, uh, you know, moving forward in this eight game and then the playoff scenario. Higgs, hop in. I mean, the, the first coach that comes to mind for me was in the hot seat is D'Antoni. <clears throat> this last year of his contract. And, you know, if they're not making the fi- conference finals at least, I can't see them bringing him back. I mean, why would you? He's had it hard now for how many years? Four years? Five years? One of the best offenses in the league, and they can't, they can't do it. So if he doesn't do it this year, I mean, I don't think they're going to bring him back. He also is that kind of coach, too, where uh, uber successful. After about four or five years, sort of, you sort of hit a ceiling with him a little bit. You know, can he only take a team so far? Does the gimmick only run for so long? And then he sort of needs a fresh start. He could be a guy that definitely his, his career sort of patterned that. And perhaps that could be a situation with the Rockets. Let's dovetail into the contenders, you guys. Let's get to our final topic. The contenders in this list. The guys that actually could win this title. And let's sort of start off really quick. I don't want this to get into a huge big philosophical argument i just want to sort of hear what your guys thoughts are because you know we are entering a shortened season a lot of games have already been played this year the winner of this championship full ring half ring no ring pick one of those to you in your eyes at the end of this season i don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer but i think a lot of people especially after the season you know there's gonna be a lot of naysayers people saying that this season didn't count you know, there's going to be certain guys that win the title like LeBron. Maybe the knock on him will be that he got a half ring. Or some people will say, you know what, this has been an unprecedented situation and the challenge presenting itself is so unique that this title might mean maybe just a little bit more than any other title. So where do you guys fall on this spectrum? Troy, we'll go with you first. Ring, half ring, no ring. You know, unfortunately, I think it's going to have to count as a full ring only because it's human nature to kind of forget where you came from. So you know, let's, let's look at, you know, Joe, we've talked about it. When we talk about the Spurs, we don't say they have four and a half championships. We don't hardly ever remember their lockout championships. So, you know, you just remember the cumulative. And the reason I hate that is because right now the odds on favorite, you know, the money line for the Lakers is plus 240. So it's like, it's, it's you know, it's LeBron's championship to lose basically, right? So it, it kills me that he's going to get another one on his belt. But other than your harshest critics, you know, come, you know, maybe next year that's the discussion, given if he wins it this year. But come three, four, five years down the road, all you're going to remember is that he had that ring, which it sucks because I do not want the Lakers, any team but the Lakers, any team but the Lakers is who I'm rooting for. BCK, so let's just say, you know, Giannis, the Bucks win the championship this year. I mean, are, you, are we calling it full ring, half ring, no ring? What do you say? Question, how do you forge a half ring, first of all? <laughs> After uh, in the fires. <laughs> and, then you, and then you quit. Halfway. And then it's just an earring, actually. It's not even a ring. It's just Now, a, that's cool, man. There, there you go. Um, listen, by the time this is all over, the teams have played, isn't it like 75 games still or something? Pretty, I mean, it, it's almost a full season. Y- yes, it's not full. Yes, there was a weird fucking several months in between. But, yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't know how you don't give a full ring. Um, they did, they did, you know, they had, like you said, they, they had to fucking deal with this weird, weird situation and still come back after all these months now and play in this, in Orlando's stadium and, and, and kick ass and win a championship. It's tough, man. I, I would give everybody full, full credit. 
unless it's the Lakers. Yeah, and I don't think we're giving enough credit to the emotional uncertainty, all that emotional baggage that is already being baked into not even the game of basketball that they're dealing with and what they've already dealt with. And then the whole concept of living in that bubble for the next two months and not going crazy. Uh, I think, you know, I think I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, also full disclosure say, you know, there's been times, you know, just staying in your apartment these last four, five, six months where you don't have days where you're kind of tearing your hair out a little bit, you know, and I think that that goes into, you know, not just anyone's life, but in, also in the game of competition. So, you know, we got two full rings right now. Hags, I want to hear from you. Full ring, half ring, no ring on this season. I think it's a, it's a full ring, but it depends on who, who wins. So, for <laughs> instance, if, if um, the Magic fulfill BCK's prophecy and win the, win the ring. The home win, team. Win, yeah, win the whole team. Which would be funny if the Magic finally win one, but the, and they're, they're playing at home. But the and fans really, actually can't go to the stadium and watch them win. Yeah, and real quick, they couldn't go to Disney World uh, after they won. <laughs> they, they, were literally, they literally could not go to Disney World. I didn't mean to interrupt. Please keep going, Higgs. Uh, yeah, so if like a fluke team wins it, for sure, not, that's, that's, that's like a quarter ring. I think if, Le, like Choi was saying, if LeBron, <clears throat> the Lakers and LeBron wins, people are not going to say, oh, well, that was the, the, the COVID season. It's like, oh, LeBron's another champion. If it's anybody else and it's their first championship, like the Bucks one, for instance, and it's you know Giannis's first ring and all that, I think ultimately people aren't going to really give a shit. But there's of course many people like, oh, it's, it has nothing to do with the players. This is a, you know a once, hopefully once in a lifetime kind of thing, and it's not any team's fault that it happened. And if the Bucks do win, I think they should. That, that should be a full ring. I mean, they, they crushed it this year. They're the best team by far. They have the MVP in the team. So to me, if they win it, that's also like super legit. Yeah, Portland, Denver, the team that hasn't won a championship, you know, yeah. in some cases, their organizational history, you know. You know, uh, Choi, hop back in. Well, I, BCK, you totally hit it. Like in, in the whole scheme of things, when you're talking about a season, ultimately they only like lost five to eight games, right? So it, it is unfortunately a full season. Um, and to your point, uh, Joey, like if anything, there's even been more circumstances that they've had to deal with um but i, I the thing can we can we just get, get it out in the air right now because you guys know i went on a, a horrible text rant against rondo and jr smith but like since you mentioned it yeah we're going crazy in our apartments but can we just speak for a little bit how spoiled and entitled a lot of these guys are now granted there are cool dudes like john moran who's like man i'm not a silver spoon baby but like Let's just put things in perspective. First of all, they are being quarantined in the biggest resort property in the world in Disney World, right? <laughs> so maybe they don't have the full amenities that Disney World offers, but one, they're, they're having to quarantine in Disney World for a lot of people. And again, this is taking something in light, but like that, that's like a dream scenario, right? Like, hey, I get to like chill in Disneyland without, or Disney World without like the regular crowds there. Like they get a per would, diem. They yeah, get a per right? diem of a million Disney bucks. You know, and they're, and they're complaining about the nice. food. They're complaining about their hotel room. I mean, I've seen pictures of the hotel room. Is it the, you know, penthouse suite at the Bellagio? No, but for any one of us, like, that's a pretty nice hotel room that they're, quote, unquote, forced to be stuck with. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it, I want to speak about this just because, again, it's like you got idiots like Dwight Howard who, who's, who's trying to flip the script on these players who, like, basically called him out on the snitch line, right? Because he doesn't think I need to wear a mask and, uh, uh, you know, these environments. We have idiots like Porzingis and Millsap who, you know, they're part of the thing is like, let's get tested daily. They, 
whether whatever story you want to believe, they missed a test. They didn't go to their daily test. We got idiots like Richard Holmes from the Kings who orders chicken wings from a delivery service. So he steps out of quarantine. So it's like just these guys, I feel like, you know, the, the realities we face aren't the realities that these guys have to face. And so, I, yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest right now. Yeah, it is almost like weird uh, dorm style uh, all over again, but America's watching this time. I mean, we all saw Lou Williams, right? Went to a strip club and got fast food. Now, I mean, look, like I, I want to advocate safety, right? You know, what he did was wrong, but I hopefully he felt like he made a count. You know what I mean? Uh, if he's, if he's going to break those rules and hopefully like he's still healthy. And that's a big question. You know, I, and I ask you guys that question, you know, I, I'm with you on the full ring. I think what's going to happen, though, is I'm sort of seeing the, the forest beyond the trees or whatever, or the trees beyond the forest and trying to already say, yeah, I got it right. And trying to see eventually, you know, next season, this is shit the fans are going to say, you know, your ring didn't count half ring, you know, that season gets an asterisk, you know, that stuff that's going to, that narrative is going to kind of live on and trail past this particular season. So kind of just want to hear what your thoughts were on the whole topic, because it's going to be something you're right. If LeBron wins the title this year, everyone's going to throw the half ring in his face. Um, it's going to turn into this whole, you know, you know, ESPN's going to have a field day and do 10 straight days of 24 hour coverage on whether that is one way or the other on it. And, you know, I, I think at the end of this, my hope is that the basketball, the level of basketball is so high the competition level is so high and the fact that we actually got to that finish line, it will absolutely 1000% feel like a very full ring and something that they went through that. And you know, the, the, the possibility is, you know, we may never forget this season again. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to, you know, who's the 2004 NBA champion. I think it's the Detroit Pistons, but whatever, you know what I mean? You, you go through that in your head, but this one, no one's going to forget who the 2020 NBA champion is. So look, before we get out of here, you know, Bucks, Clippers, Lakers, Celtics, Raptors, Rockets. Those are the contenders in my list. Now ESPN today has the Clippers of all their ESPN experts. They were the ones that said that they're going to be the ones that are on top at the end of this you know, let's go around in the circle. Let's start with Hags because he's ready to hop in. You know, uh, yeah. Tell me why you don't think what. Tell me why you don't think it's the Clippers, and tell me who do you think is going to win the title? Um, I don't think it's going to be the Clippers for a couple of reasons. One, you know, they've had a lot of injuries this year, so it's like you don't have Kawhi and uh, Paul George and the whole team. They have, I don't think they've played that many games together as a whole. Two, this is a new squad. You know, like. They have all these new pieces. They're all still trying to figure it out. This is their first year. Even the Lakers are still trying to figure it out. Milwaukee has basically had the same team, you know, with pieces moving here and there for the past, I don't know, five years. So the Bucks' most dominant team this year, like almost historically dominant, like I was saying earlier in the Freak Beat and MVP, I, and they have just they've so many great shooters. I mean, you can put the Freak at the five. Shit, you put Brooke Lopez at the four. That guy hits threes. Middleton hits threes, DiVincenzo, Korver, Wesley Matthews. I just think they have too too much firepower. They're too deep, and the East is weak compared to the West. So I, I don't I don't see anybody beating the Bucs, and I'm rooting for the Bucs. They, they haven't won it in years, and I love the freak, and I love their team. I'm excited for them. Higgs is taking the Bucs. BCK, who are you thinking that's uh, got the best shot at winning the title right now? I mean, don't forget that the Clippers just added – Joe Keem Noah. 
to their squad, putting them in my eyes over the top of any other team and a sure 100% NBA 2020 champion. You, you know you're talking about 2020 joking about, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> what year is it? Hold on. Uh, I, I, I'm really excited to see him uh, come into a game with like two minutes left in the third quarter and just soak up two fouls really quickly. <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? Like, like a bouncy yeah. paper towel. Just it'd get be, it right it'd be away. cool if this was a few years ago. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I, I agree with, uh, with Hagel. I don't know, uh, I don't know how, you, how you beat uh, the Bucks right now. And, I, I mean, the, you know, it'll probably end up being fucking Lakers, Bucks, and, and I hope not, uh, but it'll, it'll be that way. And that'll be a hell of a series. Uh, and I just hope, I hope the Bucks come out on top. I think between the two, uh, the Bucks and Lakers, I think the Bucks are the only squad that have two sets of brothers, and that, that's going to put you ahead any time, just that family camaraderie. BCK is going with the fam tip on that one. Uh, he like he also likes Bucks too as well. Troy, um, who do you like for the title? Uh, well, first of all, I think the biggest winner of this NBA season is a team that isn't even in the bubble right now, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Um, I'm a, a, they're basically a throwaway season anyhow, and they're locked and loaded for next year. Much less if if there wasn't so much uncertainty with this year's draft class because of COVID. Again, a team like that that gets a top potential lot, like the number one pick, much less a top three pick, it's crazy. Um, so I think they're the biggest winners, and they're not even there. Um, and this, again, it, it's the Lakers. I hate to say it, but it's the Lakers. You have two top five players on one team, Dwight Howard, who's you know had a resurgency coming to the Lakers. Um, the, the the question will be actually, you know, a guy like Avery Bradley, who, you know, doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but is kind of, especially on a team like that, is a defensive stopper type guy. The fact that you don't have him, but I mean, maybe this is the Alex Caruso uh, uh, era, beginning of the Alex Caruso era. But I mean, yeah, I just, you can't, that, that playoff experience, you know, that LeBron has, a, how do you, how do you, how do you favor anybody else besides that team? But, you know, uh, for the Clippers, don't ever count out, uh, you know, playoff Kawhi. I mean, he knows how to bring it in the playoffs. But, again, I'm going to go with uh, my uh, underdog. I'm going with Portland, man. If they can gel, if they can gel in these eight games and make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, they're going to make a deep run. That, I'm, that's, you can mark my words right here. Portland's going to make a run if they make it into the playoffs. I'm, I'm not shaking my head at it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they've got a lot more talent than I think the regular season team presented, and now they're all together, and they do seem to have a little be, be a little bit on a, uh, a team on a mission. Higgs, hop back in. Um, I was just going to say that there's, there's one player I'm, I'm really pumped up to see in these playoffs. It's Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, if you guys know, he, you know, he's a big boy. He lost a lot of weight. He's like skinny Jokic now. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to affect his play. If it's going to be better, worse, the same. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, no, it's – hey, man, we kind of brushed over the Nuggets a little bit. I mean, we can go backwards just a touch where, you know, the, the Nuggets are a really deep team, um, and they're smart, and they play decent basketball. They have, like, at least seven or eight guys that they can throw at you at any time and bring you, like, quality minutes. So, you know, they're definitely a team that can win a few games. I mean, if you put me against Nuggets versus Rockets, I know we have the Rockets in the contenders tier right now, but, you know, the Nuggets could beat the Rockets. I mean, that's, that's very possible. I'm with Troy. I'm leaning Lakers right now. There's, there's the LeBron on a mission thing. You know, he is a guy who at this point in his career paces himself. Now he knows exactly the finite amount of games that he needs to play. 
where he can really turn it on every single game. I still think he has that extra extra switch that is pretty much undeniable throughout the NBA. The only thing about the Bucks that kind of worries me, this happened to them last year, was when when shit got tough. You know, Giannis's outside game is still not the most refined in the galaxy. And it is a situation where he can get a little bit frustrated where he's trying to force the ball to the hoop a little bit too much. And if, you know, his circle of offensive uh, efficiency gets a little bit smaller in the playoffs. So I'm looking at a guy like Chris Middleton. You know, I think he's a dude that really needs to step up for them. You know, they, they do have like Eric Bledsoe. They do have shooters on their team like Corver and DiVincenzo. But I am looking at Chris Middleton to play significant minutes because – you know, if the Bucks do the play, play the Lakers and, and, you know, you got AD and LeBron switching on and off on Giannis, maybe he's, you know, not off to the best shooting game in the Galaxy. They need that second score to show up and play. That's what's nice about having AD and LeBron on the same team. And I'll be honest with you guys, don't sleep on the Raptors. You know, I doubted them all last season. Every single round, oh, they're going to lose. Oh, they're going to lose, you know. And then they got to the finals. Oh, they're not going to do it. Granted, they don't have Kawhi anymore, but, you know, Siakam took a step forward. You know, they still have Lowry. They still have Van Vliet. They still have some length on that team. You know, their, their bigs are a little bit on the slow side, but they're on the smart side. So there's nothing really that scares me too much there. I would like the Celtics a lot too, but that whole Kemba knee injury really scares me. I like them. I think they have the most depth out there out of all of them, but Kemba and the knee – you know, he's a fourth quarter guy. You're not winning playoff games without one of your main fourth quarter guys. So, you know, I do like Bucks Lakers. If it was Raptors Lakers, it would not shock me. Um, and in terms of the Clippers, you guys have already mentioned all the all the thoughts that I have on them. Really tough team, a little bit on the young side. Chemistry is kind of a bit of an issue. And Paul George in the playoffs, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. There's certain guys that are all-stars in the regular season that just don't show up in the playoffs. I think he's one of those guys. So, Prove me wrong. Playoff P. Prove me wrong until that happens. Um, that's about it, you guys. That was our NBA NBA preview. Um, you know, final thoughts as go around the room, you know. Uh, you know, what you're what maybe you're looking forward to that you haven't brought up yet. Um, you know, obviously we're gonna be texting each other like crazy, and uh it's gonna be a really good time. Hags, uh, any final thoughts before we go? Um, yeah, I, I my my hope is um that the Clippers and Lakers meet in the Western Conference Finals. The one matchup I want to see more than anything, and I think a lot of people would agree, LeBron against Kawhi. That is just going to be awesome because Kawhi, I think, is the most feared defender in the NBA. So LeBron knows he's got his work cut out for him. Kawhi's proven himself with two championships, two different teams. He's been uh, – uh, has he got an MVP? I'm not sure. But um, And the fact that they're both in L.A. now and they want to be champs, it's going to be – that's going to be a battle, man. That's what I'm looking forward to, if it happens. Yeah, that's a great matchup. BCK, before we go, final thoughts or maybe a matchup you'd like to see? My final thought is a question. Are all these games going to be on League Pass? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah so um, there will be, for the eight playoff games, there will be play-in games. They'll be televised on a combination of like ESPN, TNT, right, and right. ABC. But other than that, yeah, they will all be on League Pass. I don't know how the playoffs are going to work, games. but yeah, yeah. the eight well, games will be on League Pass. Playoffs, you think, is going to get divvied up between, you know, TNT, ABC, yeah. ESPN, right. like, like per usual. I think those eight games, you are going to see some stuff on League Pass. But I think at least one or two games a day will be on some sort of major cable network that you can watch pretty easily um, would be my guess, you know probably maybe one in the day, one in the night, on the weekends for sure, maybe even two or three, 
uh, Higgs yeah. hop back in? Well, I'm just looking at the, at the, um, the schedule real quick, and it's shown like Saturday, for instance, there's four games on ESPN. Sunday, there's ABC. So it seems like every day it's going to be on either TNT or ESPN. ESPN showing. Yeah, at, th- at this point, you're making more money off the advertising on the eyeballs on the major networks than you probably are off a league pass. So that would probably be my guess at this time. Um, but yeah, BCK, uh, any other final thoughts? Yeah, I, I just want to say, man, I'm just honestly like the, just talking to you guys for an hour and a half has just got me so much more fucking pumped. I mean, I, I love watching basketball s- as much as the next guy. And it's just really sucked. And especially not being able to play basketball because you can't fucking go outside, not, not being able to go to summer league. Like I, I'm just... I'm just so excited for two days from now. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is uh, once you see it, right, like the first three-pointer or the first like and one, you're going to be like, oh, it's, it, it, it's fucking back. It's going to be so good. Choi, final thoughts or maybe a matchup, uh, whatever matchup maybe you'd want to see. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys watched any of the Denver scrimmage games, but we may be seeing the ascendance of bowl, bowl. I mean, watching <laughs> yeah. that guy take the ball up court and then shooting the three, that was crazy. Although I will say, uh, this is how much we maybe underappreciate Kevin Durant because that's basically Kevin Durant, right? A seven-footer. I mean, Bull Bull's a little bit taller, but that's basically KD. Um, for me, this start is a little ominous. Obviously, we have the recent news of uh, the Marlins, right? And they have now, if that, I think even today, another three players tested positive. They're so 17 now. You know, so it is kind of a, a powder keg waiting to explode. But with that being said, you know, um, the NBA has done everything they can to make this as safe as possible. And so with, with the action on the court, I mean, if the scrimmage games have anything to say about it, I mean, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see these guys back out on the court in this crazy new environment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, as we talked about in the beginning, kind of a lot of these new angles and a lot of these new things that we haven't yet seen in the scrimmage games implemented for these, uh, you know, the playing games, much less the playoffs. So I think it should be exciting. And again, um, I'm rooting for every team that's playing against the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> if, if I, I mean, if Orlando makes it, I'm, I'm rooting for Orlando, man. So yeah, uh, just uh, anybody but the Lakers. Anybody this, but is, the Lakers. this is our house. This is Magic House. This is Magic House. Uh, yeah, one of the matchups, uh, matchups I'm probably looking forward to, as we mentioned before, and now I'm thinking about it, it's got me really juiced up. It's just, uh, you know, Portland versus the Lakers in the first round, I think would be just awesome, right? You know, yes. just one game, if Dame steals game one from the Lakers with a, with a 47-footer. And I know that sounds crazy, but guess what? Dame can hit 47-footers, right? You know, something, something out of there that just really clicks in and just let us know that you know basketball is back the other one too as well is you know baseball has gotten underway obviously you just mentioned all the hiccups that are going on you know not previously mentioned is all the you know the strife uh going on between the owners and the players just to get that league back up and running you know the nfl right now is is viewed with a snicker uh more than you know people actually thinking about whether they can come back or not i mean that's still a little bit more of a tbd and you know not to steal something from you know something that like bill simmons would say or something but if uh, if aliens came to the planet earth and they and they asked us to show us one of our finest american sports i think we would show them basketball i mean not only the way that the game is played and the style but the players that represent it the 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 owners and the people that run the league the way that they've had it set it up they're the only sport right now that is interested in doing a bubble situation 
that seems to be the safest way to keep their employees, the players, and also the, the people that work for them too as well, safe. And I'm just really hoping that it goes off without a hitch. Like when they said that the 346 were tested and zero came back negative, that made me so happy because I just really think the NBA is typically a step ahead of every other major sport when it comes to doing the right thing. You know, case point A, shutting down the NBA after Rudy Gobert tested positive. You know, they didn't play it out for a week or two and let it get worse. They just took them immediately off the court right away. And, you know, that was a smart move. And again, I think the NBA continues to make smart moves. And I just am excited that the brand, the product of basketball is back. And I'm looking forward to that. You guys, thank you so much for joining me. That was our NBA preview. Eight games and then we're hitting the playoffs, you guys. It's going to come fast and furious. This was Believe in Betting Chicago. Today's episode was brought to you by Simply Safe. My name is Joey Chrysopoulos. Thank you very much. Special thanks to our guest, my hoops honchos, Aaron Hagel, Brian Colbert Kennedy, BCK, and my man, Mike Choi. Thank you so much for joining us, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the episode, and we will talk to you soon. Until then, be safe, be kind, and be good to each other, and we will talk then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.